Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome, Amanda. How are you? I'm great, as always. You have a fabulous guest that's going to talk about uh, about some organic wine today. Adam Morgenstern is going to join us in a few minutes. Um, great call here. Are you a fan of organic wine in particular or all wines? You know what? I am, I am actually a professional wino, Byron. <laughs> let's, let's be honest about that. Since my fiancé is a wine buyer, we actually get the opportunity to try all sorts of, of different cool wines. And, you know, I've got a lot of questions for Adam today regarding the organic wine industry. <clears throat> Sounds good. Now, do you drink wine every night? We try to, you know, we try to stick with the rule of having a glass of wine every night. It's supposed to be great for your health, you know. I mean, it's a good thing to do. Tastes good. Now, now, is breaking that rule not having wine or having too much wine? I think breaking the rule would be having too much. They say that one to two glasses is is great for your heart, but more than that, and it has no good effects. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, do you have favorite wines that you have developed a I, liking to that you buy consistently? I do, actually. My favorite type of wine is called a Montepulciano d'Abruzzo. And it's amazing. It's an Italian wine. It's earthy. It's rich. It, it tastes like it's got clay and soil mixed in there. It's it's like right down to the earth. I love it. Wow. Do you? How often do you frequent <clears throat> that particular? I'm a Pinot Grigio fanatic myself. Are you? Are you? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I frequent it as often as I can get my hands on a, a good a good vintage, a good bottle. <laughs> what is a good vintage of that particular variety? I'm sorry. What was that? What what is a good vintage? Is there a particular year that you like? Is there a particular brand that you like? What it what it what it what are we working with here? You know what? My specifications are pretty low. I just like it to be wet. But, <laughs> but you know, my my fiance seems to know a little bit more about a good vintage. I just like it as long as it's in liquid form. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Well, let's take a little break, uh, and then we'll come back with Adam just in a couple minutes, everyone. So we'll be back in one sec. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Next, with our lean and mean team, how can we manage our publishing needs and still have time to save the planet? No worries, 99. DMX is the premier ad exchange network. They publish ads that circle the globe every day. It's a mission possible. But you know our inventory needs maximum exposure. Would you believe DMX had 10 billion impressions just last month? Their real-time auction-based service gets us the top dollar for our ad space, while their superior service saves us the time we need to save the world. Oh, sorry about that, Chief. But we need creative control and our own third-party networks. And who will help manage our relationships? DMX has MediaGuard. We can select our own advertising banning profile, so direct media exchange networks know which ad types we don't like. And we look great. And did I mention DMX is free? Looks like working undercover is a thing of the past. Get smart. Get DMX. Making every impression count. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. 
Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Jeez, another year with no refund from the IRS. I got a nice chunk of change this year. I'm buying a new car and I'm going to Fiji. How in the world did you do that? I got in on TaxBrain.com's affiliate program. And it's easy to make big money during tax season just by bringing them other people paying their taxes. TaxBrain.com? How does that work? With TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, I command a huge payday with their nitro payouts because I get paid for leads as well as sales. That sounds easy. How do you do it? They give me all the tools it takes, like dedicated publisher support, analytics capabilities, custom tracking and creative services, and so much more that I need to make money the easy way. Wow. With 140 million households paying taxes every year, I bet there's no shortage of business all season long. Now you got the idea. Make money off the tax man. How do I find out more? Visit TaxBrain.com forward slash affiliates to find out more. TaxBrain.com, America's online tax service. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. It keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah, I get all my information online. <laughs> I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. <laughs> Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at RevenueToday.com. Uh, Mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine, the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to RevenueToday.com. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone. We're here today with Adam Morgenstern. Adam, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. So we've uh, you're the editor-in-chief for Organic Wine Journal. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the magazine and about your fabulous title. Anything with a chief in it, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> needs attention. <laughs> yeah, well, well, when we founded the magazine, I, I, I demanded the in-chief uh, part of that. We, uh, we've been around for about two years, and we're online magazine only at organicwinejournal.com. 
And basically myself and Jonathan Russo, who's the publisher, we both came from outside the wine world, but we share the passion for wine and specifically organic wine. And we really thought it was an unders- uh, underserved part of the market. You know, there are a lot of winemakers out there who are fantastic and who really put in the extra mile to make their wines organically mm-hmm. or biodynamically. And we thought, you know, they should be championed and they really need a voice. And so that's what we've tried to do is to help people find them because uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this. It's not always easy to find them. They don't always make themselves well known. And uh, so far, it's been great. Uh, I've been traveling the world uh, and spend a lot of time with a lot of great winemakers. Well, I know that that Mandy has probably two to three hundred questions for you, <laughs> but I'll just ask a couple initially here, and then I'm going to happily turn this uh, conversation over to the two of you to have more fun talking about it. Um, in general, are we seeing some big growth from organic? wine purchases is 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 it a growing marketplace definitely uh last year actually they just said um one of the top 20 trends uh for restaurants in the united states was organic wine and i think around the world people are just getting more aware of where their food is coming from and as you know in the food world organic everything is the big thing and if you go into a restaurant, for instance, I'm in New York, and when you look at your menu now, they'll tell you where your lettuce comes from, where your beef comes from. And that's finally beginning to transfer down to the wine list. So people want to know not only where their wine's coming from, but the practices behind that wine. So we're very encouraged. And, you know, in the past, organic wine had a bit of a negative reputation among a lot of people. Um, there was reasons for that, but now the really great producers are starting to stand up and say, this is how we make our wines, and we're very proud of it. So I think the tide is definitely changing in favor of organic wines. Before we examine your vast knowledge of, <laughs> of organic wines in general, tell us a little bit about the business itself. Um, are you generating revenue with advertising? You know, what, what, how, how are you generating revenue for, this, for the company, and, and how is it doing? Ah, I wasn't prepared for these questions, but <laughs> basically we're doing, uh, we, you know, we're starting to get our advertisers in the first year. We kind of financed ourselves, mm-hmm. and uh, Jonathan Roosan, the publisher, is just very committed to this, and mm-hmm. he decided that uh, if he could save one earthworm from one chemical, you know, lovely. You know, that was his thing. And I was more about these wines are fantastic, and together we sort of developed this concept of responsible hedonism. And mm-hmm. so the first year, we were just getting our name out there, and finally this year, our advertisers are starting to come in. We've had people come to us with uh, affiliates. We have something with a company called Heritage Foods USA, and they sell heritage breeds of cattle. And so mm-hmm. if you order through our website, uh, we get some of that revenue back. We also have a deal with a company called Organic Vintners, and they mm-hmm. sell organic wine online. So, you know, bit by bit, our revenue package is, is finally coming together. That's great. And what what innovation do you think could come to your site in particular? Um, you know, a few things come to mind. You know, actually, you know, video video cams that show the vineyards where these wines are are, are, are coming from. Um, possibly for revenue, but you know, um, but you know, I see you have some some video on the site. You know, have you, yes, have you guys have thought a, that through? Because there's there's some neat there's some neat opportunity, you know, to get granular here and do something innovative and different. Have you guys do you have things in the pipeline that are that could be interesting in the future? 
Yes, well, the site you're looking at now was our second redesign, which helped us out a lot, and now we're actually in the process of our third redesign, which is to really make the Organic Wine Journal a resource for not only consumers, but sommeliers, and for wine buyers, and for distributors. So the next change of the site is we're going to have, it, it should be up sometime by the end of this month, we're going to have a list of organic and biodyna- biodynamic wineries around the world. So you can come to our site and hit the France button, and you'll see you know, the regions of France and all the organic and biodynamic wineries there. Then mm-hmm. you can click on that, and you get a picture of the winery, and give a description, and we're going to have shelf talkers so that wine stores can download them and print them so people can, you know, find out. Because a lot of times organic and biodynamic isn't actually on the label, even when the wines are. So people mm-hmm. can see a little blurb from the Organic Wine Journal about this wine. They'll know the practices. And so that'll be that. And right now we have a video series. Uh, there's a restaurant here in New York called Counter Restaurant. Mm-hmm. And Deborah Gavito just filmed a whole series of interviews uh, out in California. So we've been putting those up on the site, and we'd love to keep adding video content. One final question for you, I promise, and then it's over to you, Mandy. <laughs> so, what what do you what do you make of the problems of shipping and distributing uh, wine in the United States, particularly via online orders? What's what's happening in that? Are you helping that cause advance itself to a greater level of sophistication? So small winemakers in California that make organic wine will someday be able to get their products out to any state in the United States without such a hassle, which is really what you see right now. That's that's a huge thing. And uh, a couple of years ago, there was a Supreme Court decision that actually helped that out a lot. What we're the main issue we're concerned with is reciprocal certification. We would like to make it easier for wineries that are small in other countries to receive organic certification there and then have it respected here in the United States. That is probably more important to us right now because um, one of the reasons a lot of small wineries who practice organic and they're as organic as can be, but they don't have the money to go through all the certifications. Right. You know, they can't compete with advertising, and so it would be nice. It would be a bonus to them if they could certify New Zealand, and then that wine would automatically be organic here in the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, that's my, that's my final inquisition. <laughs> I pass right, my glass I, over to Mandy. <laughs> can I harass him now? <laughs> so, Alex, let's, I'm sorry, Adam, let's take a step back and let's start at the beginning. What makes wine organic? I know that everyone has different um, different you know standards that they that they take into account before something is is considered organic. But what really makes a wine organic? Well, at the most basic level, organic wine is made from grapes that were grown without chemical fertilizers, pesticides, fungicides, and herbicides. You know, the way wine was made for 5,000 years until about 100 years ago. You take that a little bit further, and then you look at the practices inside the winery, you know, as little manipulation as possible. And there, and that's where you get into some of the disagreements among organic winemakers, because some people can technically grow their grapes perfectly organically, but then they kind of do some stuff inside the winery that other people frown upon. So everyone's definition of organic is a little different than the next person, mm-hmm. but I think What's important for consumers to know is that the word organic is owned by the government. Mm -hmm. They control what's organic. They set that standard. And, you know, to sort of take a step further and to actually look at the wines and their practices, I think, would be a great idea 
for people to see, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. So a wine that's certified organic may be great in the United States because it doesn't have sulfites, but a wine from France could have sulfites. So people really need to like, start looking at individual wineries if, they, if they're really concerned about the practices. Speaking of sulfites, now, you know, I've been hearing all this stuff about people having sulfite allergies. You know, what, what exactly are sulfites? Sulfites occur naturally in nature. They are, they're in grapes, they're in our bodies, and it just so happens that a tiny addition of sulfites uh, or sulfur into a bottle of wine helps stabilize it. It can help it age, it can help it not oxidize, it can help balance it, and there are a few people out there who have allergic reactions to it, the same way some people have an allergy to peanuts, for example. Uh-huh. And some people, um, they... Anecdotally, a lot of people get headaches from wines, and they start drinking organic wines, they stop having them. There's no major study that's been done that I know of, but anecdotally, that's been proven true. So a lot of organic winemakers say organic wine is no sulfites whatsoever, and that's the United States definition. And then there are winemakers who say, I make these great organic wines, but I have to ship them overseas, and I want them to age well, so I want to add a little bit of sulfites. And so a second category was created called wine made from organic grapes. Adam? Yes. Oh, I just want to make sure you're still with us. Um, okay, all right, what is the correlation between, now I know a lot of people come, you know, come into the doctor's office and say, oh, you know, I, I'm having trouble with drinking wine, I'm getting headaches, it must be the sulfites. But more recently I'm hearing that there's uh, a link between headaches and the amount of tannin you know, that's, uh, that's in a certain wine. Do you know anything about this? Uh, I wouldn't know anything about that specifically. Tannins are, you know, mostly in red wines. They're, that's, that's what helps the wine age. The tannins mellow over years. So I don't, I've never heard of a particular problem with tannins. Mm-hmm. I mean, some wines are definitely more tannic than others, but I know that more as a taste thing than as a medical thing. Mm-hmm. Now, why is it that some wineries are practicing organic methods but aren't actually advertising this? There's a lot of reasons. Organics, like I said before, it had a negative perception for a while. At first, there were some people in the 60s who were rejecting all the chemical farming, and they said, hey, I just want to make everything organic. So while their hearts were in the right place, they were making organic wines, but they weren't very good. And that kind of created a negative connotation because these were the people who were jumping up and down saying, we're organic. You know, meanwhile, you have wineries that have been in the same family for you know, 600 years in France who've always been organic. And they never felt a need to say, we're organic now, because they've always been organic. So you sort of have a negative connotation and then people shying away. And that's what I think is finally starting to change. And I hope our magazine has helped that by drawing attention to not just wines for being organic, but great wines that are organic. That's what we're trying to promote. So within the past how many years have you seen a a great a great change in the quality? Has it been the last decade you've seen a, a big surge? Well, the great organic wines have always been there. They've always been organic. They've always been great. And now, I wouldn't say the surge. I just think that they're finally getting the recognition that they're due. So, uh, let's see. Tell me more about, and, and I'm looking through your website right now. It's a fantastic website. Can I but jump in and just have... ask a quick question? <clears throat> sure. Uh-huh. The, how many organic vineyards and even certified organic vineyards are there in the United States and then in the world? We're trying to get those figures ourselves. It's always very difficult, again, because a lot of people who are organic choose not to certify, which makes it difficult for us to find them. So certified organic wineries in the United States would 
probably be about 100, maybe a little less. And around okay. the world, it's hard to say. Um, a lot of wineries in the world practice what's called biodynamics, which is organic farming taken to the next level. And there's probably about five, 600 at, at the very least in the world of those. And can you describe to me what a non-organic producer of wine would, would be doing to their products so I could help distinguish in my mind organic versus non-organic? non-organic? Well, it all starts in the vineyard. Uh, a non-organic farmer would be chemical farming, first of all. and Meaning what? That treating the soil or the plant itself? Well, the vine, the way I should it was, say. Well, let's start with a different way of looking at it. An organic or biodynamic farmer says if the vineyard is healthy, then the vine will be fine. A non-organic farmer is trying to impose their will on nature. A non-organic farmer can say, I'm going to grow Pinot Noir here, perhaps in a place where it shouldn't be grown. And because it won't grow right there, that means they have to add chemicals to help it. They'll maybe give it a chemical fertilizer. And then because you've used a chemical fertilizer, well, now the vine has a disease. Now they'll have to treat that with something. And now that you've given all these chemicals that way, they taste the grape. It's like, hmm, that tastes a little funny. So now they have to add a package yeast that sort of change the flavor. So I would say the, the biggest thing is the lack of manipulation in organic wine versus conventional wine. I think conventional winemakers take an approach of almost like a scientist, you know, that they want to create Coca-Cola. You know, they want to mix flavors together and create a product that tastes a certain way, perhaps to please a critic or a wine magazine or where the tastes are that year, whereas an organic or biodynamic wine grower lets the soil speak for itself. Hmm. What are some of the largest and best and most interesting organic vineyards in the U.S. to visit and or buy wine from? (laughs) (laughs) I just got back, actually, from California and took a trip around there. Benzinger Winery, uh, they're, they're a huge winery, and they're an interesting example of where the wine industry, I think, is headed. Now, Mike Benzinger got very interested in biodynamics and is now one of the leading spokespeople for it. However, not all of his wine is organic. He's taken his home estate in Sonoma, and all the wines produced there are grown organic and biodynamically. And now he's taking the grapes that he sources elsewhere and he's converting those to organic and biodynamic. So they're great. Bonterra is a big producer. Gurgit Hills is a big producer. And, yeah, there are lots of small ones, too, who I like to eat. Kachori Winery in Sonoma, they're fantastic. They're one of my, that's actually what got me into organic wine in the first place. Are these vineyards any different when you visit them than a more traditional, conventional producer of wine? Is there anything special about them? Do they smell differently? Do they taste differently? The first thing is they look different because a lot of conventional wineries, it's a monocrop. They have grapes and nothing else, and they let the chemicals take care of everything that nature should be providing. If you go to a biodynamic winery, you're going to see different crops, different flowers, different... I was in New Zealand, and this winemaker was so passionate, he, he stooped down... And he said one of the tests for getting certified biodynamic in New Zealand was an inspector comes, and he sits in the field in one spot, and he just checks how many different species of plants he can reach without moving. And he was so excited about that. And it definitely uh, looks different. You see cover crops. A biodynamic farm will also have animals on the farm, and it's a self-contained ecosystem. It's fantastic. Hmm. Hey, Adam, you guys have a, a great feature on your website called Fantasy Wine Cellar. 
Yeah. If you could compose your own fantasy wine cellar today, right now, what would be the top five bottles in your fantasy wine cellar? Uh, that's going to get me in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think are some uh, I, of the best on the market right now for organic wines? I think when it comes to wine, everyone's taste is so individual. And I, as a whole, not just for organic and biodynamic, I'd like to break away from that wine spectator mentality of here are the top ten wines, and here's my list, and if I go into a wine store and I don't find those, I'm going to be disappointed. You know, for me personally, uh, the winery I mentioned before, Couture Winery in Sonoma, they make Zinfandels that to me are fantastic. They scare a lot of other people. Robert Parker once reviewed them, and he said the comments he got back, half the people praised him, the other half asked what he was smoking. <laughs> you know, it's, it's um, and that's what I like in wine. I don't like wine that tastes the same every year, which is, I think, where conventional wineries are headed. They want to really control the taste, so every year is the best vintage ever. So rather than give my five favorite winers, I just I would encourage people to go find their own taste and experiment for themselves. Interesting. Wow. So, so aside from the fact that that is your favorite vineyard right now, there's uh, there's no others that you sort of want to call out as being some of your top favorites. Well, in France, there's a winery called Zin Umbrecht that makes some of the most fantastic Rieslings on the planet. In New Zealand, there's Milton Vineyards, which is doing some fantastic things. They're, they're everywhere. I think that organic wine and biodynamic wine is too big to say, here's you know, the five producers you should look for. I, I'd like everyone to go to their wine stores and just start asking, where are the organic and biodynamic wines? You know, that, that would make me much happier. What's going on with Malbecs? I'm, I'm always intrigued by Malbecs. I've had some that are amazing. I've had some that were horrible. Do, are they involved in, in organics? What's going on with the Malbec industry? I'm just kind of curious. I don't know specifically with Malbecs what's going on. I was in Argentina last year and got to spend time at a biodynamic winery called Sachin where we drank lots of Malbecs. Uh, when I was in Argentina, I was just you know, having steak every day for lunch, dinner, and breakfast, and drinking lots of Malbecs, and <laughs> had the best time. I didn't have any problem whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh, I don't. I don't know. I think that some wines are good and some wines are bad. And a lot of organic winemakers say people come up to them and have said, "I've had an organic wine; it was really bad." And they're like, "Of course, there's bad conventional wine too. You're going to have bad and good wines." that are conventional, batting good wines that are organic, batting good wines that are Malbecs, batting good wines that are Pinot Grigios. Sorry, Byron, I know that you like them all. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, that's, I, I don't know any specific problem with Malbecs, though. Okay, so two final questions from me, and then Byron is welcome to jump back in. But you're, you're talking about organics, but does organic cross over into the idea of sustainability across the board? And how is sustainability you know, working with the organic vineyards? Well, sustainable is a hard term because it has no exact definition. There are some wineries who, while they're not organic, have taken a real effort to lessen their impact on the environment. They may be doing solar panels. They may be, you know, looking at how they spend electricity. They're looking at their carbon footprint. And that's what we think of when we think of sustainable. But then there's some wineries who may change one light bulb from the current one to a more energy-efficient one, and they say, well, we're sustainable too. So there is no – it's hard for us to cover sustainable because of that. A lot of wineries are technically organic, and one of the reasons they haven't certified is because they want the option if something goes wrong. 
mm-hmm. because you know certifying organic is a three-year process uh, here in the United States, probably similar around the world. So you can't just decide to be organic one year and then non-organic the next. It, it takes a commitment. Right. And a certified winery, you know, may just oh, if we have a bad crop, we just want the option to use this one chemical. And again, it goes down to really knowing the vineyard that you're at and where you're buying your wine from. And you know, maybe asking a few more questions. To, All right. Uh, now, just a I've got a question more. actually from my producer. He wants to know what what the how the uh, organic wine how how organic wine is marketing itself. Are they marketing themselves to a younger crowd who's more open to the idea of organics, or are they trying to hit the older generation who is already sort of sketched out by the organic wine industry? The answer to that is they're not trying to do anything, which is part of our problem. You know, we want to draw attention to them. We want to actually help publicize them. And the majority of these winemakers do not promote themselves as organic or biodynamic. If you ask them, they'll tell you. But for the most part, they want to be known as great winemakers, not organic winemakers. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really fit in as a whole. It doesn't really fit into their marketing plans yet. So they they really aren't going after younger uh, consumers or older consumers. I think they're just trying to make the best wine possible, and that's how they want to be known. You know, not all of them are thrilled that there's an organic wine journal around either. They they some of them don't want that attention to them. Fascinating. Just two quick questions, and then and then I know you have some tips on on pairings that you might be able to bring to the show. Um, what is the cost to get certified? And also tell me a little bit about port and whether there is, in fact, any organic port on the market. There are organic ports. I have to check. We're, like I said, we're in the middle of putting together our database, uh, which will be up at the end of this month. And I know that we have a few ports up there. I'll have to, have to get back to you on that one. Uh, what was the, I'm sorry, the first question Cost was... Cost for getting certified. Is it in the hundreds and thousands of dollars in that three-year process, or what is, what is the cost? I think it's in the thousands of dollars. I, I'm not exactly sure. I know that, for instance, there's a great sparkling winery in Napa, uh, Domaine Carneros. They just went organic. And I think the cost of organic isn't always the certification. It's how much more expensive is the farm that way. And she said, uh, this is Eileen Crane, said that it's about $200 more per acre to farm organically. But when you first start out, you're less efficient. And the more that you practice something, the better you get at it. So she thinks that cost will actually go down. I, I think it's in the thousands. Okay. Well, I know you have some tips for us today, I guess, from... I do. Uh, <laughs> what I hear through the grapevine, no pun intended. How'd you like that? <laughs> wine, wine, anyway. good I'm, I'm going to Google right now looking stuff up so I can tell. Yeah, that right. <laughs> Perfect. White wine with fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Give us some good stuff. Give us the inside scoop. Well, Thanksgiving's coming up, and I think that is the perfect time for Zinfandel's. Uh, from California. They're spicy, they're exciting, and go perfect with a turkey and all the trimmings. And also I think that uh, most Americans don't really drink a lot of Rieslings. I think, I think they're going up, but Rieslings are the most uh, food-friendly white wines out there. So I would definitely, with a the, with the big holiday meal coming up, I'd go to your local wine store and say, here's what I'm serving, I'm doing a turkey with this, I'm doing you know, appetizers with this, which Riesling should I get, which Zinfandel should I get? Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Any other any other data for us on the on the vineyards? Where, where perhaps to find the gr- largest selection of organic 
wines in, in various cities? Tough to generalize, but are there national dis- distributors that are beginning to carry a lot of, you know, our, our organic, uh, you know, sections of, of, of wine stores and liquor stores, you know, popping up? Well, here in New York, we have wine stores opening up that are actually dedicated to organic and biodynamic wines. That's what's so great. There's a place in Chelsea here in New York City called Appalachian that was opened by Scott Pachter a few years ago. Uh, I believe it's like 80% organic and biodynamic wines, wow. and they're doing fabulous. We have a few other stores like that. We have restaurants whose wine lists are almost exclusively organic and biodynamic, so wow. that's great. Of course, if you're not in New York... Um, you know, Organic Vintners is an online site that um, does it by mail order. Mm-hmm. But I think the best thing for people to do is to go into their local wine store and ask which wines are organic and biodynamic and let the people know that you're interested. Let them know. And they may not know. They may have wines. I find all the time if I ask a Somali in a restaurant or I go to a wine store, I say, where are your organic wines? And half the time they don't know that a wine that they carry that they love is organic or biodynamic. But if you ask the questions, they'll do the research and maybe even come to our site and check stuff out. And you let them know that they're interested, and then they're going to learn more because they want to please their customers. Interesting. Any other questions for for our guest, Adam, today, Mandy? I don't think so. But, I, you know, he just made me think that, you know, if, if – if any of our listeners are interested in any specific, you know, type of wine or, you know, getting wine in from a specific vineyard, if you just walk into your local wine shop and talk to one of the wine guys or, or wine girls around, you know, nine times out of ten, they will place an order for a wine that they don't carry in store if you're interested in buying a couple bottles. So, you know, don't be discouraged if they don't have a huge organic wine selection. Likely they can get some in that they just haven't ordered it before. I would just want to ask Adam about this tip that I have for listeners and whether it's accurate or not and whether you think there's something here. Port. Port is one of the few products that actually ages in the in the bottle um, that you buy. It, it actually ages in the bottle you buy it in, and it ages over time. And when, a new, when the new port comes out for the year, you don't know what its quality is going to be like for sometimes many years down the road. And therefore, doesn't it make sense to buy a case of port every year as an investment and just let it sit and age <laughs> and learn about five or ten years later whether it's worth you know, $100,000 or more or whether it's just worth what you paid it for, which isn't a bad scenario as well? I think regardless of the investment quality, it's important to buy a case of port every year or once a month or as often as possible and just keep drinking it because it's fantastic. But what about the investment perspective? Why aren't more people onto this? I mean, it makes perfect sense, don't you think? And why can't you? Why is it so hard to buy futures in port? I've tried in numerous places. It's very, very difficult to buy futures in port, which means nothing more than buying a case and sitting on it. Well, I think that that's what you should do instead of encouraging them to think about with that and making it harder for the rest of us to buy it. I, you know, I. I don't really buy wine futures. I'm just I'm just not at that stage yet for myself personally where like I'm ordering Bordeaux, you know, and stocking it for 10 years because I live in a very small New York City apartment. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I kind of prefer that it's not that hard to get port and some really good ones. Right. The first the first glass of port I ever had was uh, for my grandfather's 90th birthday. We got him a 90 year old bottle of port, and that's the first time I ever had port. And uh, it was such a high level to start at. It's it's been hard to go down from there. Interesting. 
Now, here's another just a creative idea why we're rambling on here. So, you know, Beaujolais wine in, in Europe, popular. There's a competition to see who can get the Beaujolais to, I believe it's London, right, every year. So that all the vineyards release their Beaujolais, and, and there's, there's this race that happens for a single bottle of wine to make its way to, to London. Do you think there's something interesting that could be done with, with organic wines that, that are like that, some sort of creative organic competition where, you know, the vineyards in, in, uh, in, in Napa, you know, the first organic bottle to reach New York City <laughs> after the official release date of all the organic wines? Do we have to get here by biofuel as well? Do we have to go organic exactly. the whole way? See, that's the whole point, right? Is that it has to arrive in New York City by some organic, you know, method? I think that could be really interesting and, and, well, Mara, and be I think fun. We need to hire you as our marketing director or our events coordinator. <laughs> that's, that's that's a good idea. Well, we'll look for great ideas coming from your fabulous journal, um, Organic Wine Journal, and uh, really, really exciting. And if you look at the explosive growth of even, you know, Whole Foods, for example, that's taken the concept of organic to the next level and created a virtual craze. Um, the other thing about organic that we didn't talk about, which I think is really interesting, is, you know, the, the, the local distribution of wine as an organic concept anyway, you know, in, in I, you knocking know, some out people, just, some... Yeah, I, I just like your quick comment on that because, you know, that's, that's the beauty, right? Local wine produced with organically distributed to local people, you know, um, isn't that what, what, what the next generation of organic is all about? There's, there's a catch-22 with that, though, and I'll explain. I, a lot of people are starting to have these 50-mile dinners or these five-mile dinners where they try and eat everything. You know, everything that, that goes to the meals is from, you know, a five-mile radius or 50-mile mm-hmm. radius. Mm-hmm. And with wine, that's a great concept. The problem is wine can't grow everywhere, and it probably shouldn't grow anywhere. And it's trying to grow wine where it shouldn't be grown that has led to a lot of bad chemical practices. Mm. You know, grapes are different than almost any other agricultural product. They really translate what's in the soil to the glass. And I'm sort of of the idea that let the winemakers decide where's the best place to grow it, let them grow it with as little chemicals as possible, and maybe make that the exception to the rule for your dinner. So, Adam, we shouldn't grow grapes next to the power plant in Jersey? Well, if you, if you live in Italy, it's much different. You know, there, I grew up in Italy when I was a child, and you could just go to the restaurant, made wine in the back that was fantastic. I, I've never seen that here in the United States. We don't have the same wine culture that Europe does. But if, uh, if it could be done, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, listen, we appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks very much, Adam. And uh, best of luck to organicwinejournal.com. Thank you. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, learning more about what's hot and what's new on your site. We'll pass it along to our guests and look forward to, uh, to learning more about what you're doing in the future. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, everyone. I hope your life was a little smarter. Better. Faster. More organic. <laughs> more <laughs> viscosity in your <laughs> swirl of your organic wine. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And all of the above. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks.